This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm here again with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, and Scott Crawford, our Family Church Business Administrator, covering the business on church business. Uh, Great to be back. And today we're talking about one of your favorite topics, Pastor Jimmy, risk. I do kind of enjoy taking risks. There's something perverse about that. You've heard (laughs) me say it often, life with no risks is no fun. Uh, That may be true, but by me staying on the ground, I never have to worry about my parachute opening on cue. That's true. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Well, let's talk about risk. Scott, what kind of ministry risks do we face, not only at Family Church, but our listeners as well. What are we talking about? Sure. Covering risk is, it covers a whole gambit of topics. And you've got everything from just the everyday slips and falls that may happen at your facility to a catastrophic loss of your building due to some kind of a natural event. Hurricane or something. Uh, No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In South Florida. (laughs) So yeah, the truth of the matter is everything you do in life includes some element of risk. There's no way to avoid that. And so as a church, you know, you compound that risk when you have certain activities like people participating in athletics, if you're transporting people, if you have activities that involve small children, you're just increasing the likelihood that you're going to have some kind of exposure to risk. And the key to that is being intentional. I read a quote from George Patton, General George Patton, that once said, take calculated risk. That is quite different from being rash. There you go. No well, doubt. Some of our risk stories usually come out of student ministry. So you didn't mention student ministry as one of our categories. But when you go to camp, student camp, kids camp, when you have kind of student ministry, um, I've heard a lot of really good stories. We probably shouldn't share them. Let's not share them all. Because um, are some risky areas for us. So what does it look like to manage some of that risk? Yeah, the process is actually kind of simple. I didn't say easy. It is simple. First, we would recommend you perform a risk assessment that you then determine what your risk tolerance is, and then you create a plan to mitigate or reduce that risk through protocols, procedures, policies, et cetera. And then last, you insure the rest. Insure it as in take out insurance? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not insure that it'll actually happen. (laughs) Different vowel. Hey, so Scott, what is a risk assessment? How do you do that? Yeah, risk assessment is where you go through a process of identifying the hazards and other factors that have the potential to cause harm or damage. So you'd want to look at things like your buildings and your grounds, your activities, your programming, and each assessment is going to look just a little bit different. It's best to get multiple viewpoints on that because everything's going to, everybody's going to see something a little bit differently and from a different vantage point. And so we've talked in the past about lawyering up. Certainly your insurance broker, your, your lawyer, those are good people to have a part of your process. And then the ministry area leaders who are actually engaged in the programming, the activities, have their input as well. Well, the bottom line is you've got to have some way of looking at all this. Now, who does the risk assessment? Do you just walk around the building? What are you talking about? You'd get a group of people together. And and again, we recommend having your business administrator, if, if your church has one, and then a couple of the ministry area leaders, and then engage your lawyer, if possible, and engage your insurance broker and do a walk around your facilities, go through your programming, look at your church calendar, look at the types of events that you have. Uh, review the coverages and policies that you have in place today and look to see, are you in line with what's going on in the rest of the industry? 
All right, so if I'm doing a risk assessment and I'm walking around, am I actually looking at, holy cow, there's some steps. I think somebody could fall down. Or am I looking more at something else? No, it can be that simple. You know, like at Family Church, we actually have a courtyard that has a lot of pavers. Well, those pavers over time in South Florida, the ground shifts. And so if those pavers happen to be sticking up and you are you have elderly people or you have children going through that courtyard, that actually presents itself as a potential risk hazard for somebody tripping and falling. So it really is as simple as, as looking at everything around you and trying to determine where you think there's an opportunity for someone to be injured. Well, you talked about risk tolerance. What do you mean? I don't, I think I have a pretty high risk tolerance, but what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, no, that's why I have a job because we balance each other out because I have none. (laughs) That is true. Yeah. No, this is the tougher part of how you determine how much risk you're willing to assume or carry. So in some cases, you know, the right answer is the risk is too great. So you simply aren't going to do it. So for us, uh, again, let's say great point. If the student ministry says, hey, for our next fellowship, we're going to bungee jump from the church steeple. (laughs) We're probably not going to do that. Answer uh, might be no. Yeah. Answer might be no. The risk is just too great. The reality is, in some cases, you might decide that the value of what you're trying to accomplish actually outweighs the risk. And so a great example of that is, you know, each year we take several hundred kids to a student camp. Well, there's an expectation of kids are going to have fun at camp. Mm -hmm. And so there's water sports, there's athletics, there's competition. And sure, those carry some element of risk. But what you're trying to accomplish outweighs the risk. And so you're willing to assume that. That's so important, Scott, because look... The, our first point of uh, one, one of our major points on the business on church business is to lawyer up. But the thing of it is, your lawyer's job is to get your risk as close to zero as they can. And so, if you let an attorney kind of determine how you're going to run youth camp, you're going to bubble wrap everybody and sit them on the ground for the, for a week <laughs> right. and feed them through a straw. I mean, that, that's just not fun. And so in order to make youth camp something exciting and make it a challenging experience, you're going to do ropes courses. You're going to you're going to pull them on skis or on an inner tube behind the boat. You're going to have them jumping off of platforms. You're going to have them play some pretty intense competition uh, type of uh, games. And when you do that, people are going to get stitches and people are going to break their wrist and people are going to fall down and they're going to tear stuff up. That's just life. And then you got all this other risk now because you have all this uh, you have all this liability when it comes to uh, potential abuse claims and different things. And of course, we're going to do everything we can to mitigate that. But the truth is, if you're going to have thousands of children involved in your program every weekend or every every year, you just there's no way to get that risk to zero unless you just say we just don't do anything with teenagers and children. Well, that violates our whole purpose of having a church. So you can't get your risk to zero. Your your insurance agent and your attorney are going to try to get as close to zero as you can, and you should listen to their wisdom. But there's some things where you're going to have to say, guys, that's a risk we're going to tolerate. And you and I have that conversation pretty regularly. That's right. And that's why, again, for us, it's about taking calculated risk. We're not going into it with, you know, in naivete. I mean, we're, we're going through it with eyes wide open. We're making informed decisions. But at the end of the day, we're also trying to make sure that we can accomplish the mission of the church and do that in a way that's consistent with what our practices are. Yeah. Now, in some cases, there are some pretty massive risks out there that we cannot control and we just have to kind of buy as much insurance as we can, or maybe we choose not to buy insurance. We have a really good example of that living in South Florida, and we're right in the center of hurricane country. No, that's right. So our our sanctuary, our main worship center, is over 50 years old. It's been there since 1962, give or take. 
And we've seen a number of hurricanes roll through South Florida. The cost to actually provide wind insurance on that structure with us just 50 yards from the from the intercoastal waterway is about another $200,000 a year. All right, well, the building is well made. And so we've never had any significant damage. We keep up the regular maintenance on it. So for us, we've chosen to self-insure or not take out an insurance policy on that particular structure and instead decide that if, if a storm came through strong enough to tear down that building, we've got other problems than just repairing that building. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the key things is you've got it. This is part of the risk tolerance conversation. And so if we had paid over the last 10 years, $200,000 a year to insure it, and then it has a massive deductible, uh, sometimes our deductible they've quoted to us is up to a million dollars or more for a deductible. And so you're talking about a building. I don't know. It's just you just got to decide like you do at your house or like you do with your vehicle what you're going to do. You got to take these calculated risks. All right. So we've done our risk assessment. We've determined our risk tolerance. What do we do next? Yeah. So now you want to take the risk that you identified during your assessment and in conjunction with the philosophy that you determined, you develop a plan that's aimed at reducing those risks. Some practical examples of that are having internal controls for how you're going to handle your church finances. Example. Yeah. Implementing church backgrounds uh, checks for people who are working with children and students and installing security cameras at your facilities. Those are all some practical examples of how you can do uh, things for your facilities. Then you're having documented policies and procedures for how your volunteers and paid staff interact at the church, obtaining insurance policies for activities and buildings. These are all practical examples of things that you can do at your church to help mitigate some of that risk. Yeah, well, we look at regularly because we just have been through this process as we thought a little bit more about the background check issue and how do we make ourselves a, a caring well church, something that we're doing right now in the Southern Baptist Convention. How do we have those policies tip top shape? So we do look at that on a regular basis. Correct. That's right. In conjunction with the ministry area. So again, these decisions aren't made in a vacuum by the business administrator or the senior pastor. I mean, these are conversations. These are dialogues. These are looking at the actual procedures that you're following or instances where you don't already have some considering implementing new policies. And so again, you're you're not, as Jimmy said earlier, there's no way to actually ever completely make yourself risk-free. It's just not possible in your own life either. It's not at your home. There's a certain amount of risk that's carried. And so you're trying to do, you're trying to be good stewards with the resources God has given you and making sure that you can do, that you've done everything you can to protect the church. Are you, you mentioned that one of the ways to uh, mitigate risk is internal controls for how you handle your finances. What does that mean for those of us who are not business administrators? Sure. Like for us, that means the person who cuts the checks can't also sign the checks. The person who does the bank deposit doesn't also do the bank risk reconciliation to say how much money is actually in there. So we've got segregation of duties that make sure that there's appropriate levels of separation between people who are handling the money and people who are reporting on how much money there is. All right. So if you were a smaller church, you know, we have a lot of employees here, but if you're a smaller church, maybe your finances are actually being handled by volunteers. How would that work? Sure. We always recommend having some kind of oversight. It's never a good idea to have one person in control of the money on how it's collected, how it's deposited, and how it's counted, and how it's reported. So you'd want, even if it's that one, if there's one person performing each of those activities, there's some kind of oversight. There's a second person that's not related to them that's in the room. There's someone who's providing oversight. There's a second person who goes when you do the bank deposit or when the money's being counted. 
So even when it's volunteer based, just having multiple people in the room sometimes is is control enough. And then you said that we ought to have insurance policies for activities and buildings. I think everybody knows what an insurance policy for an, for a building would be, but how do you insure an activity? Yeah, we've got insurance policies. Actually, we have for camps and mission trips. We have transportation for our vehicles when, we, when we're transporting people. We've got uh, for mission trips, we have foreign travel policies. So all kinds of policies that are, and, and again, they're not, some of these policies, it sounds like we have a, lot, a ton of insurance for, for a lot of things that we only do a couple times a year. The reality is, is when you start looking at this, the cost of these is pretty nominal for the coverage, especially because they know you're only doing it a couple of times a year. But it gives you that peace of mind to know that for $1,000, you've, you've covered yourself for the five mission trips you'll take for that year and, and protect yourself. And, and that's all part of managing risk and mitigating risk. What about things like liability insurance? I mean, how important is that for churches to have? Because, a lot, again, a lot of these churches listening to us right now are smaller, medium-sized churches. They hear about that. What should they do about it? Yeah. Well, the, the truth is you can never have enough. So, so the million-dollar question is how much is enough and how much is too much? And really, there's no way. I mean, that's that's so subjective based on your context. We would always encourage that you insure as much as you can afford. And so look at your context, look at your building, the age of your buildings, the location of your building, the construction type of your buildings, the types of programming activities that you're involved with. Carefully consider all that and then work with your insurance broker to determine what is a reasonable amount of insurance for for you to have based on your context and based on affordability. All right, Scott. So um, that is pretty scary in a way, saying that you can never have enough insurance. Have we have we had to file claims on our insurance? We have. And at this point, it's been minor slips and falls and our insurance has always been more than adequate for, for what we've done. We've had, you know, anytime, again, as we talked about, you've got small children around playground equipment, you're taking teenagers on trips and in, uh, in different environments, you're going to have bumps and bruises and things that come up. And and so, uh, again, when we say you can never have enough and, and you can never spend enough money, the reality is, is that for the average everyday thing that's going to happen at your campus, having a, a modest amount of insurance, and your insurance broker can tell you this, is going to be plenty. It's going to be more than adequate. You can never have enough, though, in the event of a catastrophic loss of your building because there, there's no way you're going to ever have 100% insurability. You, you couldn't <laughs> afford the premiums. Right. <laughs> Now, are there any resources that we can recommend to our Church for the Rest of Us listeners and their churches who need help figuring out how to manage risk? They might be listening to this and being saying, oh, my goodness, we're at a zero. We don't have the right stuff. We've not even looked at any of this. We're in big trouble. How can they get started? Yeah, you know, there are a lot of large companies out there that specialize in churches. Uh, Brotherhood Mutual and Guide One are two of those companies. Church Law and Tax has a risk management component. Certainly, your insurance agent can help you walk through this, uh, your church attorney if you have one. And then, as we've said before on other podcasts, I mean, each of us has in our church men and women who do this for a living. They're they're in the insurance agency, uh, in, the, in the industry, and they can provide feedback on – and nobody's more invested than somebody who's actually in your church in helping you protect the church. All right, Leslie, so give us the rundown on the business on church business. What have we been talking about? So far, we've talked about know your bylaws, lawyer up, pay for an outside audit, set the senior pastor's compensation, be prepared to manage risk, and... Next week, we will talk about why cash flow is king, even in your church. Favorite topic. Amen. This is what Scott lives and breathes. Next time on Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. 
I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.